0: Welcome into House of Wrestling, everybody. It's me, Nick Housman. Come on
1: in, take your shoes off, take your hat off. If you've, like, been wearing a hat, you know, put it over here on the coat rack. Come on in, grab something off the uh, dining room table and head on into the living room because sitting here by the fireside here today, very good friend of ours, a man who was up late last night writing news in the the Dynamite Hours, covering all of the big things going into Grand Slam next week. He is a rock star. (laughs) He is part of a band called Mount Oriander. I have their vinyl. I have their T-shirt. I don't know if I told you this, Nick, but I wore your T-shirt to the day I got my epidural, and it was like a security blanket. Wow! It's our good friend, Nick Miller. Nick, thank you so much for coming into House of Wrestling here today.
2: Thank you. I feel very welcome in your House of Wrestling. Yeah, buddy. It's a beautiful day here in
1: Chicago. And, uh, yeah, like I just mentioned, you are are a writer, right? You write for the site. Very good writer. Also write for Wrestling Inc. Great writer. Thank you. I don't think enough wrestling fans know that you are part of a kick-ass band called Bound Oriander, and before we get into all the news here and stuff like that, I just wanted to give you a chance to let everybody know about that side of you and how they can go find your music. I don't want to wait till the end of the show.
2: Well, let me be clear. It's not my it's not my band. It's my buddy Keith, Keith Layton. Okay. He's in Sorry. a band called Empire Empire a few years ago. Some people might know it. Uh, this is like his solo project, and I just play in his live band, but... We've, been, we've gone on a couple tours, saw you in Chicago. It was a lot of fun.
1: I had a blast. That And that's yeah. a video I had never been to in Chicago. It was like it looked abandoned from the outside, and I came in, and it was Weird like— Weird place. It, it was cool. If you ever saw the Ninja Turtles movie, the first one, the dark, gritty one, yeah. it's like the Foot Clan lair. had that vibe. <laughs> I really sure. A lot of a lot
2: of punk clubs like that, yeah.
1: That's my vibe. You guys got to come play Reggie's in Chicago. That's my vibe. I don't uh, think I've ever been there. Oh, I not only have I seen music there— uh, I've produced death matches there as well, and it's got a lot of history. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, a, a different time in my life. Um, well, Nick and I aren't going to talk music here today, and I'm sorry to give you ownership of the band, but in my opinion, it's your band, and I really don't care. Thank you. You're welcome. Kick-ass band. Um, and uh, we're going to talk a lot of pro wrestling here today. And, of course, if you're watching us, you're watching us in video form, you're watching us on Premiere Streaming Network every Tuesday, Thursday, noon Eastern, come on over to Premiere Streaming Network, Check out House of Wrestling, all the great guests, all the great co-hosts. They've got many other great podcasts, many other great pro wrestling shows here on uh, Premier Streaming Network. Please go give Premier Streaming Network a chance. They are wonderful. Also, give us a chance, houseofwrestling.com. We are going to talk a bunch of news here in just a second. All the news you hear about talked on today's show. We have written about in some form or fashion over on the website. We've given in more, uh, more in-depth analysis. We've broken it down, given you the context of these stories even further off-site and we do of course do original uh exclusive news from time to time and we do exclusive interviews this week we got two big exclusive interviews yesterday i dropped my interview with uh, dr sean stasiak feels weird to say that (laughs) um for those of you that don't remember sean stasiak as sean stasiak you may remember him as meat the sex slave of terry runnels and Jacqueline during the height of the attitude era and with everybody chanting meat i just thought man, I gotta go talk to meat. And that's just how my brain works. Nick.
2: (laughs) Understandably.
1: I'm an idiot. Um, Tomorrow we'll have Jesse Godders uh, on the feed as well. And um, he is of course starring in the new show wrestlers on Netflix. It's only been out 24 hours. I don't fault you if you haven't checked it out, Nick, but I do have to, man, I have to, I have to really highly recommend this one to all wrestling fans. And we're in such a renaissance for wrestling content, non like in ring wrestling content. Cause we get the like, TV shows like young rock and glow. And I feel like there's so many of these wrestling docu series that have been coming out at a quicker pace. I know a lot of people checked out monster factory on Apple. And so it can be, you know, you start to tune it out a little bit. You don't, you don't necessarily check it all out. You guys got to watch wrestlers. It is Al snow trying to run a successful business and is like all wrestling people, a terrible business person, brilliant mind, great mind, right? What makes the show wrestler special, Nick, I'm just going to try to real quickly summarize it. Al snow dire financial straits. Okay. OVW about to close, right? Everyone loses their jobs. So Al makes a deal with these two outside investors who are not wrestling people to come in, give them, give him their money, turn the company around and they get in there and very quickly realize this is even more of a money pit than even we expected. We are hemorrhaging tens of thousands of dollars a month. We have to turn things around in order to make our money back. And they start giving Al Snow advice on how to run his wrestling promotion. And that to me, chef's kiss. Having worked in independent wrestling for years, the dynamic between actual independent <laughs> wrestling promoters and the people that give them money, hook it to my fucking veins, man.
2: That is so good. Oh, my God. Yeah, I can imagine. It's one uh, of them's like a big radio guy in Kentucky or something, right?
1: Oh, yeah. Craig. Craig.
2: Calls them all wrestling dorks. He's a fucking jock <laughs> bully. I so love great. it. <laughs> so is it in the same vein? Because I know Netflix did. Had they been doing like the Formula One series and like tennis and co- the quarterback thing? Is it kind of like those?
1: It it definitely has the quality of Netflix. You're going to get mainstream music. You're going to get really well filmed. Like they zero in on these storylines. They pick the best ones and really just go at it. I mean, we're it's an hour episode. My wife and I have been watching one a night where we've gone through two. The end of the second episode, my wife on her feet, screaming in anger and anger at the position that one of the characters has been put in, (laughs) like angry, emotional. It was wonderful. Anyway, I will definitely check it out. I've hard sold this thing so bad. Jesse Goddard's on the feed. We got highlights on the site already for what it's worth. All right. Let's get into the news here for today. Um, We'll start with an AEW block. Uh, The big news this morning, um, breaking, is that Jade Cargill. Um, This comes from Fightful and Observer kind of simultaneously, likely done with AEW. And you really don't need to scratch the surface too far to figure out that this is probably the case. She came back, set up a program with Chris Statlander for the TBS title. And I guess yesterday at the Rampage tapings after Dynamite, she got pinned clean as a whistle by Chris Statlander. And um, that that looks to be it. Everybody now speculating. Um, that she's headed for WWE what what are your thoughts on what's going on here with Jade
2: Nick uh, I think it's unfortunate I mean they spent all this time building her up having that streak teaching her how to wrestle basically right like Danielson was working with her yeah they invested a lot into her but could not hang on to her. it looks like
1: no and and that's the thing for me is like why would you spend all that time I, I mean I'll speculate or speculate why but it does seem like doesn't seem logical to spend that much time giving somebody that big of a push getting them to that next level if you're not going to be able to use them to get the next person over
2: that's usually like the attentive when you build somebody up like this you know i think they did a good job you know putting statlander over with it but th- it definitely could have been more it was the one match and then yeah. kind of just swept off to the side last night um yeah, yeah. and and th- like a week or two ago I saw a quote from Jade saying that she she couldn't imagine being anywhere besides AEW.
1: (laughs) Now wait, that quote came at like two weeks after another quote where she's like, "I don't even know if I ever want to go back to that place." I'm sure you saw that quote as well,
2: right? I thought she was talking about wrestling in general, or that's what I saw. But I mean, you know, who with this stuff, you know, it's hard to tell when they're shooting straight and when they're kind of blurring the lines a little bit. I I, to me,
1: it felt like Tony Khan was like. Jade, you can't go out. You can't go around there and saying this. You were still under contract. Please go out there and talk about how much you love A.W. And she's like, fine, I'll do it for one more month. All right, baby. You like that? You good? Shawn Michaels
2: Hulk Hulk Hogan reaction. Oh, you want me to to sell for this guy? Okay.
1: She just got Ricky Stark, right? You can't go giving flowers out in public like that. You can't go outside (laughs) the bounds. You can't go doing that. So I think she tried to get Rain back in there just while she was under contract. I think that's what happened there. But her to W. Uh, oh, by the way, just real quick, get my my thought, my only thought about why they would book her the way they did was because she was such like a kind of draw as is, as like the female Goldberg. You know, I think that he saw that act as working like if you took the belt off of her less valuable. So even if you knew that there was a chance you were going to lose her, you know, even for the time you had her maybe the best use of her was just presenting her just like that. They seem to be selling a lot of shirts. She seemed to be getting a lot of attention. So, I mean, I guess if it's not broke, don't fix it kind of deal.
2: Yeah, that definitely makes sense. Uh, it's just unfortunate they couldn't do more with it in the long run. But, uh, you know, I am, I'm a big AW fan, as you probably know, but it's it's impossible not to critique the way that the women's division has been booked. And so if you're somebody like Jade who has such a high ceiling, there's not a ton of reason to stay there right now when they're getting one match, like a, a hard limit of one match per show.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and then the women's match last night was a multi woman match. And look, Tony Storm right now, if there was ever a woman to build around, to get behind, to do something with, and even without the title, like I don't even think you really need to move her into Soraya territory this quickly. But but whatever, like that was that was not a very long. It was like a it was a fine match. I didn't love the finish just because Sheeta fell like two feet in front of that curb stomp attempt by Britt Baker. And there was a moment. It actually kind of worked into the finish, I thought, in like a weird way where Britt just was looking at Sheeta, like, fuck <laughs> just happened. And Tony Storm was like, whoop, roll up, right? That's the way <laughs> it was a good distraction. Yeah, that's <laughs> you know. Um, so I was just, you know, nitpicky about that. Um, but anyway, with Jade going to WWE, it does seem to make a lot of sense, right? They do handle the women in a more prominent light. They, I, I don't really know that I feel like we're at like a graduation ceremony, but like a lot of the women that came out of NXT, that four horseman generation, you know, they're, they're established stars, right? You can only mix and match them for so long or keep them around for so long, if I'm being honest. And it's time to infuse some new big names. I think Tiffany Stratton obviously is, is going to be a big fit for them. Jade could be a big fish for them. Um, I haven't, <laughs> we have no CM Punk news on the on the sheet today, and I know that's going to really oh, no. upset our listeners. So I'm going to go ahead and insert some CM Punk news into the show here in this moment. Um, first of all, I still don't know that Punk will ever wrestle again. Uh, and I know that I've been called a mark by people in the business privately, to my face and text, I guess, for believing there's a chance Punk never wrestles again. Uh, but I, I, I just have to be honest with everybody. I, I don't really know where the guy's head at. I asked somebody recently that I consider to be close and in his circle uh about punk's headspace and they said i hope he wrestles again but it wasn't like yeah he's gonna wrestle again so there you go um but if he does wrestle again let's just hypothetically say he could bury the hatchet right with wwe comeback survivor series chicago the whole nine yards man him with jade as his side fucking uh muscle would be quite the duo and leaping straight from aew to wwe as a unit there is nothing punk loves more than ragging on paul triple h right i got a new better china i am on an ego trip i just once i saw punk and jade in my head next to each other i was like shit that's a really, really strong act that you could bring over to WWE, you know?
2: Sure. Yeah, that could work for sure. I mean, Punk and Jade, really, both of them have the talent to do so many different things over there or anywhere they go. Mm-hmm. Punk, I mean, it's for both of them, it's a shame it didn't work out with AEW, but it is what it is.
1: Yeah, man. And they're leaving at the same time. Uh, put, put Sonny Kiss with them, too. Right. Like just make them put them all together. Right. (laughs) And like I saw I'll I'll jump down a little bit on the run sheet, but I saw Sonny's interview on Busted Open yesterday and I genuinely got like a little upset about it. Right. Because like Sonny Kiss. is just maybe 10 years ahead of his time or her time, 10 years ahead of gender fluid, doesn't really matter, 10 years ahead of her time. Right. I understand there's a kind of we don't quite know how to handle this kind of character yet. But it is so difficult to say this is not a valuable, intriguing character that is bringing more fans to the table that weren't there before. I saw Sonny Kiss's uh, first post-WWE-AEW match, not knowing that. I went to Big Gay Brunch here in Chicago. Sonny goes out there, great main event, whole nine yards. After the match, Effie puts over Sonny Kiss in this really dramatic promo that at the time I'm sure he knew Sonny was done with AEW. We did not as an audience know that. But one thing Effie said was, and it's, he's right. Effie's always right, is, you know, when you see a show like Big Gay Brunch, you look around, you see a lot of fans that just aren't watching WWE, AEW product because it's not a product that really caters to them, gets them, and at a time when wrestling promoters are trying to say, how do we bring new viewers to our program? How do we make new fans? You know, I think that you look at a Sunny Kiss, and I see a lane, right? I mean, I know there is going to be some people that are going to be uh, obnoxious and hard-headed and bigoted and all that, but I see a much bigger lane right now to bring people into your promotion by by working with the sunny, or God forbid, an Effie, if you really just want to go balls to the wall with it in more ways than one.
2: So that would be fun to see for sure. Yeah, the <laughs> sunny stuff is is so unfortunate. I feel like, because I, I didn't really watch Dark or Dark Elevation too much when they were going, because it's just so much wrestling, you know. I feel like I never got to see everything that Sonny can do. They She wasn't given the kind of platform that a lot of the other talent has been
1: given. And I ta- I talked to somebody yesterday, and it was a single source, and I always like to preface that on the show. Single source story here, so I'm not running to the website to write up something that's going to get me in trouble. But I had somebody come to me, and they posited... uh. They said, I I think it might have more to do with Warner than AEW and how Warner doesn't want to see a character like Sonny Kiss get beaten up, first of all, because it could be perceived as, like, I don't know, taboo. And then they also don't really feel comfortable with a character like Sonny Kiss, like, beating up up women, fighting women, or, like, feeling uncomfortable putting them in a fight with uh, big men. It was, like, very odd, the argument I was given, and it seemed... Very old-fashioned, where it's just like, oh, this this person can't be a badass and be a feminine and a man at the same time. I, I was very upset when I got that. I was upset at the person for relaying it, but I was upset when I was told, "Hey, this might be a reason." You know,
2: I feel like AW has become sort of risk-averse in that way as they've gotten bigger. Maybe like when the company first started, I feel like they were more they could push boundaries a little bit more and would do things that might. You know, rub up against those kind of taboos and things like that. Like there were some intergender matches a little bit in the beginning, stuff like yeah. that. And as they've gotten bigger and like you know, the relationship with WBD has gotten tighter. Seemingly, mm-hmm. seems yeah. like they maybe are staying away, playing things safer, I guess. Yeah, I
1: I guess, but like you know, I do feel like there's a still a bit of a misogynistic twit twinge oh, with sure. AW, you know, and it's like okay, we're going to back, we're going to be safer, but we're also going to get more comfortable kind of, you know, moving women down the card. That doesn't That doesn't really balance out to me in some ways. I mean, I see it, but I don't see it. It's like a magic eye,
2: you know? Sure. Um.
1: Well, one name we know that we're probably we haven't seen the last of here is Brian Danielson, who has now had to go out and clean up what he said about wrapping up his time in the ring because it doesn't look like he's actually doing that. Uh, so he, there were some reports from sports illustrated and he did an interview with sports illustrated. I'll kind of combine the highlights here. Danielson is expected to wrap up as a full-time wrestler in next year. His, his daughter turns seven in may his contract also comes up in may, but that doesn't mean he's going to be leaving AEW. In fact, it looks like he and Tony Khan have really built this very strong bond and Brian is in it for the long haul over in AEW. Uh, He'll likely remain a special attraction on top of being heavily involved backstage and creative. And as he explicitly told Justin Brasso, Sports Illustrated, he does not plan to ever formally retire. He'll probably still wrestle a couple times a year. And he really just kind of pointed to Terry Funk, and he's like, "I'm gonna be like that," (laughs) which makes a whole lot more sense to me.
2: Yeah, that's like Danielson in a nutshell. I I can't see him ever willingly saying that he's never going to wrestle again. But I, I was surprised when he came out on collision and was that upfront, like right away that the stuff about his daughter, I mean, he touched on it in the, the scrum and then just came out on TV and was super direct with it.
1: Yeah. And I, I do, I think what it is is more him getting people ready for him to not be around as much. And also he's kind of a holding, he's kind of a holding card for the top guy on collision now, you know, like, this is they're going to build around him until May or into next year, but then he's not going to be around that much. So who is the person that they really kind of see as the the heir apparent to Collision when Danielson is gone? I would argue it's it's shaping up to be Ricky Starks. You know, um, even with Punk out of the mix, um, he he's still getting the push as the guy on Collision. They really just bounced from him working with Punk to now him working with the Blackpool Combat Club and Brian Danielson.
2: Yeah. Ricky is like in that same Danielson segment, when he came out there, I was just in awe. I texted my friend and was just, this guy is so good. Like they have him with big bill now. So it had me thinking about, you know, Enzo and Cass now B- and Ricky and big bill. And I got to say, Ricky uh, has a clear advantage over Enzo in my opinion.
1: Yes. <laughs> I would agree with that. You know, he's the real one. Too, if if all things are uh, equal. Um, i Really getting on the big bill train. Man, I that match with Moxley last night was real hard hitting. I thought that Moxley really let him accentuate his strengths as a big man. I it's so hard to it's so hard to push a guy like that at AEW just because once you put the title on him or you give him a push, like who's gonna touch him? Right? There's nobody <laughs> maybe Wardlow, you know, maybe powerhouse Hobbs, but he's just so much bigger than the rest of that roster. So I don't
2: know. What a, re- um, what a career rehab he's gone through. It's been pretty cool to see.
1: Well, I think I think actual rehab was part of well, that. Well, yes. <laughs> think, but, uh, yeah, you think, know what yeah. I mean? That was no
2: pun intended there.
1: No, no. But no, I, I don't say that in jest. I mean, the guy got his head straight, right? He realized yeah. he was dealing with some issues. He went out, got his head straight. I was, you know, the big thing for me is when him and Janela were able to bury the hatchet. You know, the story, if you guys want to go back and find it, we're... Bill shows up out of his mind at an independent show. And Joey had just kind of gotten this altercation with Enzo at like a Blink-Win 82 concert. It's like a goddamn <laughs> Mad Lib. And so, like, Big Bill, Big Bill shows up in the locker room out of his mind and, like, chases Joey around the backstage area. And Joey, like, fearing for his life, hides in like a closet and like has to keep quiet until they get a hold of this guy and drag him out and so
2: anyway um it, isn't covering lot... wrestling just the weirdest thing like no. is there any <laughs> is there anything else like this does that happen anywhere else just politics i think you <laughs> yeah, know yeah, i'd like think
1: i I'd say reality tv but i can But even nice then that. I, don't, I don't know if
2: uh Mitch McConnell is hiding in closets from from any mm-hmm. other
1: I don't. I don't know if you remember January. Maybe wandering. 6, they were. They were all hiding
2: in closets. <laughs> yeah. <then. laughs> so, like... might be wandering accidentally into some these days. Yeah.
1: Um, well, anyway, let's shift over here to WWE news. After uh, we got a lot. Uh, I, so on Tuesday's episode, we had Brandon Thurston on. We did a really kind of a deep dive into the the WWE UFC stuff, and then we did our final kind of post-mortem CM Punk talk. So we had a lot of stuff left on the table. So I, I have a, a kind of laundry list here of WWE stuff for us to kind of work through here on today's show. Um, but I did want to start with arguably the most uh, important piece of news uh, coming out of the past 48 hours. And that is WWE C- CFO and president Frank Riddick third stepping down at the end of this month. It was confirmed in an internal memo by Nick Khan. We had this memo confirmed on our own. Um, and, Keep in mind, Riddick here is receiving $5 million in bonus money uh, following the successful merger of the WWE UFC. Now, when I was asking around about this, one of the things I wanted to know was, was this expected or was everybody caught off guard by this? Uh, I had one person at WWE that would know say, well... We already had a CFO and you know, Nick Khan's gonna be president, so kind of read the writing on the walls. Like this didn't really catch anybody off guard. It does not seem as of now that there's going to be some mass exodus. I say this on Thursday, Friday afternoon is tomorrow around the corner. <laughs> um, but the vibe I got from who I spoke with was that things are going well. There's no mass chaos internally quite yet, and the Frank Riddick stepping down part did not really catch everybody off guard or send any kind of shockwaves, I guess, through through WWE headquarters.
2: Yeah. You know. Um, I don't know much about him. I know he was just only there a couple of years. I think he was president maybe since last year. So it does seem like he was in sort of a trans transition role for the merger. And now everybody else is kind of filling in their spots for the future.
1: Yeah. And I, I think Nick Khan when he came in and he started bringing his people in and really Vince was like, Nick's the guy for this moment in time. A lot of those people came in, I think knowing that we were building to this moment, you know, there were these big bags of cash on the table. If you could be part of the team to help WWE get sold, merge with Endeavor UFC, whoever it was, uh, those people are reaping the benefits of that. Now Uh, I do still anticipate more names revolving at this moment, shifting, being released. We'll see. Um, We did an uh, uh, update this morning. Uh, ESPN noted that Triple H is still currently retaining his chief creative officer or chief content officer title. But his wife's gone. He's got kids at home. There's a whole bunch of new management coming in. He's going to have even more people, like we talked about at the top of the show. Al Snow. He's got these non-wrestling people in his ear now telling him how to run his company and make more money. I think that Hunter might be setting himself up for a very similar dynamic with some of these Endeavor people. I don't really know how long Hunter will stay in this role.
2: Really? Yeah. So who do you think if he were to leave, do they find another person from within WWE creative to take that spot over?
1: You would think, yeah. You know, I Heyman kind of seems like the guy, right? You know, Um, but does he want it? He seems so happy in his kind of current role, just focusing on Roman and doing that. Um, I floated Brian Gortz the other day. He seems like the only guy that would really carry the cachet. Uh, He's been working with Dwayne Johnson for years now. He was the original WWE writer. If there was somebody to, you know, that could balance both the business side of booking wrestling and the creative side of booking wrestling, he would be a very, very, very short list of people for me to look at.
2: Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. I don't know if you would want to go back, but well
1: again it's you know it's a different company right now and i it hasn't really set in it's too early everyone i've talked to because i tried you know hey does it feel different oh vince is in charge to a t everyone's like i don't know dude same old shit it's just a different day you know they didn't go out there drop a ring on wall street they dropped a couple big belts right but they didn't they didn't make as much hay and noise and carny chaos down on wall street as they did the day the wwe went public so it's a it's a more refined product. There's a little more than a few adults in the room at this point. I could see it. I could see, the, I could see Ari Emanuel sitting down with Brian and being like, Hey, Dwayne's with us. Are you, we manage him. Let's make this work. So sure. my two cents plus uh, not a lot of great paying non-union writing jobs at the moment. And I don't know if you've heard <laughs> but a real bad time for writers in Hollywood in the industry at the moment. Um, all right, big news on NXT. Big news coming out of NXT on Tuesday night. Becky Lynch defeated Tiffany Stratton for the WWE NXT Women's Championship. And this thing delivered big. Now it's been speculated, reported, rumored. WWE loading up NXT on Tuesday nights because they want to outdraw AEW dynamite. They want to be able to go back to the people giving them money and say, look. We are a better product across the board than the other guys. Every one of our main TV products is outdrawing all of the other AEW content. And it's going to be a horse race this week. Um, Because with Becky on top and a lot of the other stuff they've been doing, Mustafa, Dominic, The Rise of Dragon Lee, all of it. um, They drew, on average, 850,000 viewers, which is much higher than they usually do. And in the overrun... For Becky winning the title, they did one million sixty one thousand viewers. I had I went to Brandon Thurston, and I DM'd him. I said, "Brandon, when's the last time AEW did a quarter hour of more than a million viewers?" He had to go back to I think it was May twenty third, and it was kind of an innocuous like Blackpool Combat Club segment, and they did one point oh four four. It wasn't even as high as this number. So this was this was a big number for for NXT this week. Do you think that AEW show last night, you watched closely, you covered it, do you think that they bring in more viewers than NXT this week?
2: I think that the average will probably be pretty close. I don't think that they'll reach that overrun number though. No. No. no.
1: And, and 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 like does you know, Becky it's just it's not really set in with me that Becky is the NXT Women's Champion. So is she going to be bringing her star power every week for a while to NXT. That's
2: that's good question. That, Cause Monday, Tuesday, that's tough. Unless, I mean, I, I doubt they're going to take her off raw. So
1: yeah, she wouldn't be there every week, I guess. Right. She's doing, yeah, they might switch,
2: switch it around. Yeah. Save but that her. is, that's going to be rough.
1: Yeah. But like, so Dominic's people, doing it, you know?
2: Yeah. Yeah. But Dominic's younger, you know, Dominic's a young man. He's got that vitality to sit on a lot of long airplane, <laughs> long flights. That's true. Um, so people talk about how there's not really like a draw in wrestling anymore. This kind of shows that Becky Lynch is a draw, right? Like, I don't know how that can be denied.
1: I, I think that it's part Becky. I think a big part of it is, yes, yeah, fans love Becky. But I also think that there's a part of, you know, fans just love unexpectedness. You know, they love not knowing. They love not knowing. They, they want to go into something where they think they might know but they don't know. And when you drop a character like Becky Lynch into an environment like NXT, you know, man, that's, that's different. You know, we haven't seen really a lot of that. We've seen Dominic go down. Seth went down for a one-off, right? We see a lot of the guys that were kind of lost on the main card, go down and find themselves. I think Corbin is fucking crushing it right now. He's one of my favorite characters in NXT, but with Becky, as much as it's Becky, I think there's also just the allure of the booking, right? Where fans are just they are interested. What is going to happen here? And uh it's not complicated. It's not overtold. It's not too many twists and turns. It's just an interesting idea and, and they're seeing it through. And uh that's why I say as much as it's Becky, I think there's also just I think it's just some smart booking that has fans thinking right now.
2: Sure. Yeah, going into that match, it would be hard to say for sure who was going to win. Because on the one hand, yes, it's Becky Lynch. And yeah, she did win. But, I mean, Stratton, it would have made sense to to keep her strong and put her over as well. So I'm sure there's a lot of people not knowing how things were going to shake out by the end of that, too.
1: Yeah. And uh, also, I just want to know, Stratton obviously has a big career ahead of her. Wesley quit on Tuesday night. I do kind of wonder if he's maybe going to be showing up on a Raw or SmackDown here soon. He kind of seen, I don't know where else you go with him. You know, same thing with Tiffany, like now that she's not the champion, what more seasoning does this woman need? Honestly, right? Like, I think she's star ready for main roster. And I would argue that a lot of people in WWE probably recognize that as well. You know, sure. so, um, well, as well as NXT did this week, Monday Night Raw got his butt kicked. It was the first week of head to head competition with the regular season of the NFL. Um, they drew. The second lowest viewership in the history of the show, which goes back decades. One point one million three hundred fifty three thousand viewers. The only episode that was less viewed than this was a best of clip compilation show from December 26th of last year. The day after Christmas. Um, Who what do
2: you what do you make of that one, Nick? This this is starting to feel like a yearly thing because more and more people are just getting rid of their cable. So every time NFL comes back around, that's what people are mostly people who still have, you know, traditional TV, that's what most of them are watching at this point. Yeah. So and every year it gets worse and worse.
1: And I and I also think I, I agree with you wholeheartedly on that. I think you and they're in a unique position this year where I think they blew out the post-WrestleMania calendar. Like they usually kind of wait. Uh they usually kind of fall off a little bit after mania and then kind of you know start to pick up closer to the rumble. They hit it hard this year after Mania. They were doing Puerto Rico, they were going to London, they were doing these big they did they did it then they did Ford Field at Detroit. I mean the run from Mania to SummerSlam was hot. I was at all these shows. I could tell you firsthand, these this was an insane run. John Cena popping up in the O2 arena. That reaction, that Zelina Vega, the bad bunny match, holy shit, right? Like, what a run from Mania to SummerSlam. And then at SummerSlam, uh, everything peaks, and you lose Ronda. You lose Roman Reigns. Um, Cody Rhodes is back to kind of finding his footing because the, the defined Brock Lesnar storyline is done. Uh, I think that there's just kind of a... Uh, sigh going on in the wwe where they realize it's just not as hot as it was the last couple months and i'm being subliminally sent that signal right now where this just isn't as important a time for wwe as it was not too long ago
2: you know yeah i wonder how much of that is like a conscious business decision um because they they've talked about with the merger and everything recently July and August being big months. Cause there's not a lot of other sports going on. So it seems like they were like really hammering like, okay, if these are going to be free months, let's squeeze the most out of them that we can. But like you said, that kind of leaves them a little bit dry right now.
1: Yeah, exactly, man. Right. And then you know what? Hey, during this soft period, what if CM Punk showed up with Jade Cargill next <laughs> to him, right? I'm just saying, Sonny Kiss is there. It's all thing. I'll start, I will beat that until it is dead. Get ready for it, folks. <laughs>
2: um,
1: you know, as we talk about this kind of, like, uh, sigh, these signals that things just aren't as hot. The Gun- Gunther Gunther is now the all-time longest reigning WWE Intercontinental Champion. I don't know how we didn't get to this on Tuesday's show. That shows you how loaded this week has been. This man broke the honky-tonk man's longest reign record. And, you know... It is one of those things where the chase is so much interesting, more interesting. Once you finally have the thing, sometimes it doesn't feel as important, right? Every, oh, is this the week he's going to lose? Oh, is this the week he's going to lose? Are they not going to have him break the record? That is a draw. Once he has it, you know, he's got it. We've done it. It's the thing is done, right? Um. So where they go from here now is going to be real interesting with me. A lot of people clamoring for him, uh, Chad Gable to beat him here at Fastlane. Is that what you want to see, Nick?
2: Uh, I wouldn't be upset by it, but I also think you could you could go a little longer with Gunther's reign and get get a few more great matchups out there. Who do you who do you think you want to see Gunther face before this wraps up?
1: I think you know honestly, I, I wouldn't have Chad Gable beat him. There are so few fresh opponents that people get behind for Roman Reigns anymore. I I think the IC title versus the undisputed title. Is, is a marquee matchup, right? These are the two longest reigning champions you have in the company. I don't know why you would take this belt off of Gunther before giving the, the fans a chance to see that. I, I think that, again, especially with how few people Roman hasn't worked with, um, he's got his little stable, I guess, dysfunctional stable. Gunther's got his little dysfunctional stable. A lot of possibilities there.
2: So who, who wins that matchup though? That's like putting those two against each other. feels like from a booking standpoint, kind of lose, lose for me.
1: Yeah. But that's the thing is that's a, it's a match where you go into it. You go, who's going to win this one. Right. And you don't do it at a fast lane. You do it at a rumble. Right. Or you, I don't know about mania, but I think you do it at a rumble or a survivor series. And it's a big marquee matchup. And I, look, people are gonna hate it, but I'd probably have Roman be Gunther. Like I I, I don't know that I'd have him take the intercontinental title, right? Um but I, people you know, would be
2: so many people would be so mad if Gunther I mean, had this look, long, long streak that was ended by Roman. Isn't oh, man. that
1: but isn't that Roman's thing? He's like, I'm out there stacking yeah, your, I'm, I'm out there stacking your favorites, baby, you know? <laughs> I can already hear him and Paul Heyman saying it. So, yeah, you the reason you want to keep you want to keep
2: Roman hated. That is a great way to do it.
1: Yeah, man, you got to keep him hot for Cody, too, next year. Right. And (laughs) I see I see Gunther as the SummerSlam or the Survivor Series or Rumble opponent. Right. One of the big two for Roman on his way to maybe losing to Cody at, at WrestleMania 40. And People are going to hate that, but whatever. I, it's what I would do, and I think that's what they're going to do as well. Yeah, you might have to um, be convinced. Fight, fightful with the latest on LA night. Um, he's in contract talks. There's a lot of talks, a lot of talks about his talks in the last 48 hours. Um, long story short, and I, I hate when stories, there's so much going around, and I look at it and I go, This is really much ado about nothing. We did not cover the edge is he uh, is he is he not on the roster news on the site because is his name on is, a piece of paper It's whatever man he's still he's still listed let me know when he's gone all right but anyway LA Knight is negotiating with WWE it doesn't look like it's that far down the pike the thing that's separating them is how much money he's going to get and that is literally the whole story and it makes me sad that so much oxygen was sucked up by this really
2: kind of a non story in my opinion and he's still under contract for another 2 years right
0: Yes, absolutely.
2: Yeah, of course, they're still far apart from money because he's (laughs) going to want to get more money. Once it gets (laughs) a little closer, they'll they'll probably get a little closer together. Jesus Christ, people.
1: Like, I just, I have no idea how this one got so far out of the barn. Um, But I will take a moment to say, LA Knight, very entertaining. Him and the Miz, very entertaining. You know, Uh, I really liked the tease last Friday night of him walking into Paul Heyman's office. You know, we talk about who are those big marquee matches for Roman you know maybe it's LA Knight at Survivor Series maybe it's Gunther at the Rumble maybe those are the two big guys Roman has to get through uh to to get to Mania those are those are great picks
2: the LA Knight Roman matchup feels like it's inevitable for sure sometime before Wrestlemania people are gonna riot when he beats LA Knight (laughs) some people some people will riot and some people will cheer
1: I don't know I I like LA Knight I do I, I, I I I don't have a strong I I don't
2: have a strong opinion on him. That's see that's it's boring, but I know some people just hate him and think he's a ripoff, and some people really enjoy it. And I think that it's kind of a ripoff, but so are tons of things in wrestling. So he just he hasn't quite won me over yet.
1: Yeah, Kevin Owens out there, he's basically become Steve Austin. He's hitting the stunner, you know, raising hell, just like Steve (laughs) did. I know it's a little close to the source of what he's parodying. But what has notoriously always worked in pro wrestling is take something that somebody else did that was successful. It's not around anymore. Put your twist on it. Profit.
2: Yeah, I, can't I mean fault that's what the guy like, M- MGF is essentially doing that that kind of thing. There are there are lots of people, but I but it does feel like his is so overt that it's it's hard not to draw that comparison to Stone Cold and The Rock. But if you're gonna rip off people, you might as well rip off the two most successful to do it
1: two of them well, and uh and max just straight up ripping off scott steiner last night oh that, yeah for, that was word that was word word for word steiner math promo uh bravo i really <laughs> like that that was great i, really I, did. I so feel wonderful.
2: like i feel like a reference is fine but he he essentially just did a cover you know like he i don't know it didn't quite work for me
1: that's fine. And, and and look, again, I think a lot of stuff with Max's, you know, again, people are like, LA Knight rehashing. You are spot on about Max. Max doesn't even just, like, hide it. He'll just go out and be like, I really liked this thing that I saw. I'm just going to do that again. <laughs> so, um, one name back in the mix, WrestleVotes uh, saying Nia Jax, uh, now the number two heel on Monday Night Raw, but, uh, internally behind the scenes. Fightful saying she been back for about a month. She was the first Vince McMahon hire after the hiring freeze. So I guess the hiring freeze is now done. We'll see some new names back into the mix. I guess that's why people are all buzzing about Jade Cargill right now, I guess, if they're handing out contracts once again. Um Any any new revelations about Naya coming back since Monday night?
2: I was pretty surprised when it happened. I uh, was definitely not expecting it. I know there had been some talk leading up to it that she was maybe gearing back for a return, but in that spot, I, I was pretty shocked.
1: Yeah, well, you know, I, I wasn't. I, I guess it's maybe because I'm spoiled by the people I talk to on a daily basis, but She's a name that I had heard for a while. People were like, she'll be back. She'll be back. Don't worry about it. She'll be back. So it was kind of a matter of time of like when, then if, you know. So look, a lot of people have very diverse opinions about Naya. I don't really hate on Naya as much as others. She's getting good heat right now. I'm fine with it. Um one person to get a lot of heat this week with the police is Matt Riddle. Um I don't know if I I don't even I'll I'll very quickly give you the 10,000 foot. He goes on to a flight, gets off the flight, there's a disturbance called on Matt Riddle, police show up, they deal with Matt. Matt according to the police is like very fine in that moment, then Matt gets in his car and he goes on Instagram and he accuses one of the police officers of sexual assault. Um police are like we have no idea what this crazy person is talking about. Um, then Matt, no police report filed, from what I gather. And then Matt's not on Monday Night Raw. A lot of people thought, well, he's getting punished for his latest stupid outside the ring antic. But it appears instead, no. Uh, according to the Observer, he had a double ear infection. And that's why he wasn't at Raw. It didn't have anything to do with the crazy series of events that played out on the airplane. Yeah, I'm
2: not doubting the reporting there, because I'm sure that's what, you know, everyone was told. Do you think that he was actually dealing with a double ear infection? The the timing there seems very coincidental.
1: Well, you know, uh, Miro and Punk nearly got into a fist fight in the training room at All In. Oh, wait, I'm sorry, that didn't happen either. So, (laughs) I don't know, maybe, maybe, yeah. And, and, oh, yeah, and uh, uh, Ricky Starks got hacked. That's why he had to take down that Punk post. That's why. So, wait, you're saying Ricky didn't get hacked. Okay, I don't want to I try to take people at their word because I get in trouble when I don't. Right. Because people go, I I am the source. You're calling me a liar. I'm not calling Ricky a liar. I don't want to call Ricky a liar. But I will say that I am suspect of the fact that while he had to pull down the Instagram post, all of his pro CM Punk tweets from the exact same day that were spoken very similarly are still alive and Mm -hmm. on his Twitter account. That's all I'm saying, Nick. That's okay. it. it. Feels very weird to me that those two things would both be true at the same time. Hmm. Anyway, uh two quick things. Superstar Spectacle this week or last weekend, Great Khali came out, surprise appearance, let everybody know he's got one more match. <laughs> Just one. <laughs> all right, real quick, real quick, who is it? Who's the person? You got you got oh, one God. in mind for Khali? You got one? John Cena. Just make it John Cena. John Cena, great call. Great it. call. I'd have Omos squash him. Omos needs a win over somebody and just have him be the new giant. Have him be Kali. All right, lastly here, uh, outside of Tampa Bay ho- hosting the Rumble. I have nothing to say about that. Um, 94-7 caught up with Cardi B, my favorite story of the week. She is down to perform or quote unquote, and I apologize for the language here, slap a bitch at WrestleMania 40. This has gotta be Ari Emanuel salivating at the idea of getting Cardi B into a match i i think about Snooky and that six person tag right she didn't have to do anything she got tagged in once hit a move end of match i say do
2: it right 100 that would be a huge get for them anything that they could have her do have her you know perform a song and then do some kind of angle or like you said a tag match anything that they could do for cardi b or with cardi b would be a great win for them a hundred percent.
1: All right, everybody. That brings us to the end of today's show. I want to thank uh, Nick for joining me here today. I want to thank everybody for listening. Again, if you like House of Wrestling, go to House of Wrestling haus Uh, I am going to be sharing my interview with uh, the wrestlers or wrestlers, uh, OVW star, Jesse Goddard's Mr. Spectacular tomorrow. It'll go live 7 a.m. Eastern on the House of Wrestling podcast feed and YouTube channel. If you like our content when it goes out, please give us a follow on either platform. Uh, We got some very big plans for the future of House of Wrestling content here on the horizon. I see Nick smiling because he knows what I'm talking about. So, uh, everybody, please uh, show us some love. I I promise you, we got a great ride ahead. Nick, anything you want to plug, put over here before we wrap up the show today?
2: Nah, just House of Wrestling.
1: Yeah, guys.
2: House of Wrestling.
1: Thanks for having Um, me on, Nick. ah, We'll do some more. We'll do more stuff. We got a lot of time ahead of us. Nick is doing a great job, by the way. And it is not always easy. Uh, working with uh, decades-plus Nick Hausman, who's been doing this. And I, I try to explain, like, it's a very, because, you know, I'm such a nerd, such a dork, We're like, it's art to me. You know, it's like journalism is art, right? You want to paint a picture for people that they want to look at and they want to enjoy and they want to try to interpret and they want to give their
2: opinion on it.
1: Every piece of news is a piece of art. And See, Nick, I think he, it's one of
2: those I think it's one of those things that is art and science. There's art to it and there's science to it. You know what I mean? Like there's certain things you have to do, ways you have to follow the follow the story and lay things out, but then there's an artfulness to it as well to get the most out of it.
1: This is why Nick works for House of Wrestling. People that think like that, they work at House of Wrestling. We are bringing you the best we can every single day everybody. So thank you so much for joining us here on House of Wrestling. Grab your shoes, grab your hat. Grab whatever you want off the dining room table. Get on out the door. But remember, you're welcome back.